Happy Saturday, Robert. Happy Saturday to you. How does this day fare with you? Uh, not too bad. Took a, uh, the cat for a walk this morning before it got too hot and picked up some new glasses and uh, picked up some new picture frames. I'm going to finally start decorating this place a little bit. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I like your new glasses, by the way. They make you look Thank renowned you. and intellectual. Like, make me look smart. They make you look smart. <laughs> Rob looked very smart. Shout out to uh, Ellie, who's a big fan of the show. Um, you give us insight behind the scenes that we really appreciate it. So hats <laughs> off to you, Ellie, if you're listening. Oh, she, uh, for, for listeners from the last episode, she was the one that uh, screamed at everybody after post-Speed 2 sound issues that it really wasn't um, the film's problem. It was Jan Devon's problem. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I would have to agree, though, with that. Yeah, and I don't know. Did he? He kind of stopped making films after that, or that was like, uh, I think, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I you, also you just, work you, on. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You just never hear from him again. You know, like he was like Twister. Yeah, Speed Two, the end. The end. <laughs> Thanks Bye. for participating. That also that kind of mentality works on two fronts. You could always do the actor for like a great script, like. Don't blame the movie. Blame Nicolas Cage. <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. Well, we can blame him for quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was a bad example. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Set Chatter Saturdays uh, on the podcastle with Robert Patterson and myself, Matthew Clark. Check out Robert's website at set-jetter.com. Follow him on Instagram at set underscore jetter. Check out all of his uh, links on there and great work. And you can listen to the podcastle on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Podbean. We have a very exciting show for you tonight. We are breezing at rapid pace, I feel like, Robert, through the 90s. Today is 1998. Oof, so long ago. Was it 21 years now? <sighs> Making me feel like old. Something. You know, I don't, you don't make me feel old. I embrace that now. 23 years? I yeah. need to do my math. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's 23 years. Right? Yes. Yes. I was still in my 20s. Robert's still in his 20s. He's like a vampire. He is from the movie that he covered on his Instagram this week and his social media, uh, which is The Lost Boys. Uh, he does not age. I could be a vampire. You've not actually, I guess you have seen me in daylight, but anyway. <laughs> Maybe I, I, that I would take be that funny, back, yeah. though. <laughs> if every time you came out to LA or whenever I see you, it always had to be at night and you're like, ah, oh, can you? Matt, can you cover up that cross, Matt? It's just yeah, giving me a blinding what, headache. What is that, garlic? Ooh, how'd you mix that up? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like we, we've been going through the 90s pretty quickly at a good speed. Yeah, uh, much quicker. And I feel like as we get on with the 90s, it gets much worse. When I did, when I looked at the top 10, I'm like, oh, not nothing too appealing to me, but I we'll know. crack through it. And the uh, this is highest grossing films of 1998, the first 10, uh, according to Box Office Mojo. And number one, we have Armageddon. But, Robert, there's a little bit of a cliff note. Well, technically, Titanic made more money than anything in 1998. Obviously, it was released at the end of 97, so it made a gargantuan amount of money. But technically, it's a 97 film, so it doesn't count. And we talked True. about that last week. Right, yes. So Armageddon... Um, 
it does not hold up for me. It's it hasn't ever really held up for me to be honest with you. I just the idea. I don't know. Call me uh, call me a simple man, but the idea of uh, this rogue group of you know drillers heading up in, into space uh, with a, a soundtrack backed by Aerosmith seemed um, wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, it was a true. This is a Michael Bay film, isn't it? Um, yes. Or just looks like and smells. No, like no, it this. is. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So one, we got the typical Michael Bay, you know, quick cutting flashes of this and that, and so close up that you don't even know what's going on. Uh, yet we linger on the animal cracker love scene. Uh, <laughs> oof! Oh, it hurts. I remember seeing. I so I saw this in the theater. I remember what? Why are we here? You know, and I think not just in the theater. I mean, like on Earth, uh, <laughs> that yeah, we right. have films like this. Why? Yeah. Why does this exist? <laughs> and uh, Billy, uh, Billy Bob Thornton as like the the government guy. You know, they're always yeah. so. These movies are always so funny. These dis- mid nineties disaster movies. You know, where it's just like we only have twenty four hours. The world doesn't know this. It's up to you. Oh, kind of a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> for a quick quick notice, I guess. Yeah. So, I guess we'll do uh, it. But doesn't doesn't hold up for me either. It apparently, did quite a few people uh, back then. Apparently, this goes uh, hand in hand with number six on our list, which I'll I'll wait till we get there. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, But uh, one quick thing about Armageddon too is there was a story I read on I think IMDb where Ben Affleck actually asked him, uh, Michael Bay, wouldn't it be easier to train astronauts to drill than drillers (laughs) to 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 be as and 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 Michael Bay got so mad at that because he didn't think about that, but it makes sense. It does. Um, Nothing against drillers, but like no, no. Come on and. I guess they, unlike the other movie, I think they all, or most of them came back, but we'll get to that. (laughs) We'll get to that. Uh, What do we got for number two, Sa? Saving Private Ryan. This Uh, is, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. This is Spielberg. Yes. Uh, Tom Hanks. I always gotta say Tom Hanks at the top of his game, but he always kind of is, or he has been for, he writes that kind of for a long while. Yeah, he has a he has a good run going. Yeah, um, so I this this movie's fine. I don't need to ever kind of see it again. Um, I think it's pretty well known for its opening scene on mm. Omaha Beach. Yes, not the beach here in Omaha. Although there is a lighthouse in Nebraska <laughs> somewhere. Where is it? It's you, by some big lake, but I gotcha. wouldn't know where. I wouldn't but, know. Yeah, where. but I like th- it. But I remember about this. I, th- I remember Jerry Seinfeld was in town performing. Uh, when this movie came out, and I think somebody, I had a friend sitting in a row behind him. <laughs> and he was, he made some funny comment about like, because it says Omaha Beach, where he's like, I didn't see any beach here. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's the only thing I remember. But yeah. No, no, that's funny. Yeah. Um, ironically, this movie, well, not ironically, but it's known for being one of the biggest snubs in o- Oscar history. It lost to Shakespeare in Love, which nobody mm. watches, and it was all because of Harvey Weinstein's tricks. But it was favored to be the the best picture winner, and Shakespeare and Love took over, and people are like, "What?" What? But um, this movie still holds up for me. I watch this movie maybe like once a year, and I I still yeah the the opening scene Omaha Beach D Day is still excellent, and it it I think it holds up very well. Yeah, and it's a good story. It's a good story. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then, there's something about Mary, Ben Stiller's first 
big movie? Uh, I don't. I felt like we knew him. Yeah. And and Cameron Diaz was kind of continuing to climb the ladder. Um, this was probably a I wouldn't call it a breakout role for Lynn Shay because she's been in a ton of films, but this is the one where she really began, I think, to get noticed by the mainstream. Very we all point. know her as the teacher from Nightmare on Elm Street, or that's how I always um, think about her. But Yes. Oh, I have a quick question. Sidebar. Uh, a new Nightmare, the kid in there that plays, I forget his name, but he's like the kid in Pet Cemetery. you know who I'm yep. talking about? Yep, Miko Hughes. Do you, do you know the scene where he's, I watched this the other night, where he's screaming at the TV and, and Nancy comes in and is like, stop, what's going on? Do you remember that? Yes. Was that was that supposed to be a pun on Home Alone? Because his hand on his face, he's going, ah! Was there some kind of, was that a thing? Not that I know of. I never thought about that, but <laughs> maybe. Uh... It was, because it was long. It was like a little uncomfortable of how long this yeah. kid was screaming. You're like, okay, like, there's nothing more annoying than a kid screaming in a movie. It was like yeah. a good 30 seconds. Much, what's his lung capacity that he's able to do that? But I know. Anyway, uh, what's your thoughts on there's something about Mary? Uh, I've not seen this in a long time, and I know was it you or somebody else watched it not too long ago, and they said, "Oh, it still holds up." I'm like, "Really? Oh, uh, really? Yeah." Oh, um, no, I, I think, haven't seen it in yeah. years. I think we remember like the three or four, you know, kind of tentpole scenes, and I for- completely forget like Matt Dillon's even in it. You know, with this, but, you know, he's just. Yeah, um, you're, you remember more than I do. I the only thing I remember is Matt Dillon's scene with the, his line about the kids, where he's like, "Yeah, I love I love the little retards," and you know, it's like you can't say that about children. It's just like, yeah, we keep Mongo in a cage, you know, and yeah. it was just so ridiculous. But um, you know what? I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I haven't seen this in so long. So yeah. you know, did I say Matt Dillon or did I say Matt Damon? I think you said Matt Dillon. Okay. I'm just catching myself because Brian oh, no, yeah, Brian will catch me on every mistake that I make and tell me about it on, after he listens to the podcast. So, Oh, who's that, now, Brian? Yeah, Brian Coppell from a Real to Real Location. So, Oh, Brian. Oh, he, he thanks for listening, Brian. <laughs> oh, he corrects you? Oh, yes. You mean on the podcast or with anything? Yeah, uh, with anything. Yeah, that's fine. Keep, see, keeps I don't me see in, you making a lot of mistakes. Check. Apparently, I do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. Uh, uh What's next? The Waterboy. Mm. Never saw it. Uh, I saw it once. That was enough. I feel like that's all we had. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is Kathy Bates in this? She is. I've seen it once, too. So. And Henry Winkler, the Fonz? Uh, I don't really remember him. I just remember Kathy. But... Okay. Yeah, I have seen it once. I, it wasn't made for me, and I'm a comedy guy. I did not... I was not a big fan of this movie. Yeah. As we go through this top 10, there's a lot that apparently are not made for me. But Oh, really? I Ooh, feel like this is when we're beginning to make movies for the masses to get them in the door. So I agree with you 100% actually looking at this list. The <laughs> uh, Waterboy does not hold up for us. Uh, Dr. Doolittle. Is this a Eddie Murphy movie? This is. So uh, people keep hiring him. I never saw this one, so I cannot... Same here. 1998 was a bad year for movies. I well, it for the was a bad part. year for mainstream movies. I think so. There's okay. there's a few movies. Obviously, there's a couple of movies I like, but yeah, as a whole, mm-mm. not doing it. No. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, 
the companion to Armageddon, and that was Deep Impact. So every couple of years we have kind of versus movies where it's not, not the same plot, but kind of the same theme of a movie uh, at in the same year, and they kind of begin to kind of compete with each other. So Deep Impact, which to me is the better of the two. I agree. Yeah, Deep Impact is more suspenseful and for all intents and purposes, more realistic in the sense. Character as ridiculous driven. as that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Taylor, Tia, is it Tia? Taya Leone. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah Wood. Yeah. Morgan Freeman. So, yeah. It, it works better. I do. This is kind of a, a stop and watch if it's like I'm flipping, flipping around uh, to, to see how things are going. So, but yeah, I do enjoy Deep Impact. Same here. Yeah, it still holds up for me. I watched it not too long ago. It's uh, it's always a fun ride. Ooh. Wow. Number seven. Number seven is Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> Matthew Roberts I... needed a good house payment that year, apparently. <laughs> uh, this is a regretful movie. We went to, I think, a sneak peek or something like that. Um, and it was a choice. We skipped the season finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Ugh. for Godzilla. And then we came back and we were like, Godzilla was just sucked. And then it was th- one of the best Buffy season finales. And it was like, why did we? Why? Why? <laughs> Godzilla was so promising, though. The marketing campaign was so big and it was time, I think, for a Godzilla movie, like a resurgence, because they haven't made one since the 80s. And it just it was just so bad. And also, remember there was like the, the music campaign, like Sean, you know, Puff Daddy, Diddy, whatever his name is now. I don't remember that. He was like huge at the time. And he, he like did the song with Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. And it, they were like, all of the marketing was there. And it, it just fell so flat, this movie. And yeah. so ridiculous. It, it could have done it. I remember, I remember one of the marketing was against Jurassic Park because it had a Godzilla's foot crash, crushing a T Rex skeleton. Right. And then um, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, and I don't know. I, was it this movie? I think. No, I think I'm, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it was the Phantom Menace. Kind of one of them mm-hmm. had a uh, competing campaign that saying because Godzilla was say, said size does matter. And there was some competing one that said story does matter. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, and so for some reason, I thought it was Phantom Menace, but I, I can't remember now. But no, that's either way. Right. Yeah. Before we knew what the Phantom Menace was, but uh. <laughs> oh, Godzilla was bad. Have you watched it recently, like in the last five, ten years? No, I mean, it'd be one I flip through, and Smart. I'm like, and probably was like, is I'm like, is this the day after tomorrow? What you know, you can't. They all look kind of the same to me. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, and, uh, I was like, oh, and then I watched for a few minutes, kind of the same thing. I was like, well, come on. Am I just not giving it a fair shake? And then no, it just, yeah. Yeah. You, it falls it, flat. Cartoon characters and people, there's only six <laughs> people in New York, you know. Right. This, the, the population of New York <laughs> is amazing. And, you know, I know New York's big, but I know they keep losing them. And I'm like, come on. Like, <laughs> Right, I know. Like you're going to see more people now. Where is he? Well, I think we can and, figure it out. And they can just waltz into Madison Square Garden, and there's nobody there. Like you know, people didn't take shelter there. I mean, the subway does go through it. Like you couldn't. Okay, I guess. I guess it, it's it empty, was right pre, midtown. It was pre nine eleven. So, yeah, right. <laughs> um, 
You know, next on our list, I have I have not seen this movie, but Rush Hour. This is uh, this is Chris Tucker. Yeah, I saw it once. Never like I said, it's uh, the the buddy cop movies, and I know we have one more in the in the top ten here. Just <laughs> no, no. But I look, everybody went to see it. Everybody loves it. But you look through a lot of this list, except for uh, a couple people don't even think about these movies anymore. Mm, no, and Rush Hour. I think they pretty well because didn't it spawn a few sequels? I think so. Maybe a TV series too. I can't remember. All of those movies yeah. like this, the buddy action cop, they all blend together for me in this period. Like Rush Hour, Bad Boys, Lethal Weapon. I'm like, I, I okay, <laughs> you know, I don't. I'm sure some of them are pretty entertaining. I just they're all like the same to me. Maybe entertaining at the time, but then yeah, yeah then they kind of fly away. But always has to be two men. Always. Yeah, gotta have that buddy. With and one's the straight man, and that was the wise cracking guy. That's just like, oh man, what this is crazy. Once two weeks from retirement, yeah. Once new to the, f- yeah, like, huh, like. And they're and they're always partnered up with the complete opposite <laughs> by a screaming black police chief. Uh, big big nod to uh, the last action hero for yes acknowledging yes. all of those things. Why are you always screaming? I'm right here. Um. He just passed away recently, too, that actor. I did see that. So Yeah. Now now who are we gonna get? <laughs> right. Who's gonna who's gonna Who's gonna be in? the screaming sergeant? Yeah. Exactly. Uh Goodwill Hunting is next. This is uh it's a breakthrough film in the sense of uh independent films really getting on the map with uh Oscar buzz around this time. Matt Damon, uh, Ben Affleck, and uh Robin Williams. Somebody yeah, so it's um this was a fine film. Um like one that it didn't quite resonate with me either as as being a little bit too special maybe because it has that the robin williams effect i'm like yeah that um but obviously yeah it propelled well uh, it launched the entire careers of uh of of matt and and ben uh even though both obviously had been acting uh before but now they could the, the world was theirs yeah this really put them on the map and it's still theirs i think I think it's still theirs. Um, yeah, for me too. Goodwill Hunting, for the most part, still holds up. Um, and finally, at number 10, Robert, we have another buddy cop film. Lethal Weapon 4, which I don't <laughs> think I've even seen. I, didn't, doesn't, I don't even know that it kind of existed. <laughs> no, I think it, it is also the forgotten one. It is the um, Superman 4 of the series. Everybody needed a, a new house. Right, I, they did. I, I've never seen this either. Um, same cast. They added Jet Li in this one. I'm not familiar with it. I probably no. never will see it. It's nothing, and I've never seen the Lethal Weapon TV series either. So, no, I don't think anybody has. I, I don't think so either. And I think 1998 mainstream movies let down a lot of people, at least yeah. in retrospect. So those are the top ten according to Box Office Mojo. Um, that might might have been the weakest link, weakest list we've had on the show. I think it, it, it feels weak. I don't think I own a single one of those. Maybe Deep Impact. See, then that is weak because yeah. usually you have maybe three Something. averaging on yeah. Blu-ray. Nothing but Deep Nothing. Impact. Nothing. It's weak. And DVD, not even Blu-ray. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's the weakest. Yeah. <laughs> Just tune off now, listeners. Uh, um, next, we have honorable mentions. These are, um, you know. Films that we feel deserve to be 
brought up briefly and kind of given our take. Uh, Robert, you have some really good ones in here, and we also have um, a lot of um, set jetter links for set visits that Robert has done on these locations. Yeah, so uh, first one I put is the Truman Show because that is one I will will stop and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I don't I didn't quite like it too much at the time, but it has kind of uh, grown on me. So, but um, uh, especially I've always been a fan of Laura Linney, so I thought she was pretty good in this. I love Laura Linney. She's just so cute and great. Um, Truman Show, I didn't care for much at the time either, but over the years, um, this is one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies. Um, and I just like all the twists, and it, it reminds me of a lot of Los Angeles. When you're trying to go somewhere, no matter where you go, there's traffic. Oh, I'm just going to take Laurel Canyon. Oh, there's a there's a landslide. I'm just going to take the 101. There's a car accident. Ah, surface oh, streets. Forest fire. fires. Like, there's nothing we can do. You better turn around. <laughs> Yeah, I've tweeted that before too. It's like it feels like the Truman Show. You just can't get out of here. Yeah. There's just always something. But it is a it is a good movie, and I feel like it's aged better uh, over time. Yeah. So, and I can't remember where we were in the reality shows uh, at that era, but it feels like now it's just kind of like, well, this is all kind of true, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely before Survivor and all that, which kind of had its time. Um, next is another versus movie. This is Bugs Life versus Ants. And I won't be able to tell you the difference between either one of them. <laughs> Nor I. I saw them both. Uh, I think one's a Pixar and one's a something else. Uh, I remember Sharon Stone was in one of them as a voice. Um, obviously, oh, really? they didn't. Neither one resonated with me. No. Yeah, same here. I think I've only seen A Bug's Life because I had a brother. Well, I have a brother, but he was a little kid at the time. Um, and he had it, but yeah, th- this is where this is where you started get to get into a lot of these animated films. Started having like their counterpart, you know. Mm-hmm. There was like this. There was Finding Nemo and Shark Tale. There was all these kinds of like, you know, they were just kind of competing with each other. Yeah. Um, but, eh, no. Eh, no. <laughs> Meh. Uh, what do we have next here? Oh, we have the, we have a special treat. This the is a, wedding singer. Yes. Uh, which I also have not watched in a long time, so I, I don't know if, how much it's held up. But uh, usually, um, you, you had a good combo. I thought Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler made a, had some good chemistry uh, together, and it kind of worked for the time. Uh, kind of a throwback to the... It was supposed to take place in the 80s, if I'm yeah. correctly. So, mm-hmm. um, Is this the one that had um, Billy Idol at the end? I think in a cameo. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, I went to a few of these locations while I was in the neighborhood. Houses you were in the hood. Pretty much the same as they did. This house looks a little bit like the Amityville Horror House with the barn dome top. It does. You know? A little bit. Get out! <laughs> For God's sake, get out. <laughs> you know, I want, I want that get out kind of piped into, you know, my house at some point. You need to, yeah. I do have the red. I, I should try to somehow, like, if you open up the red room closet, you, you know, get out. I think it would actually be easier to do than you think. Ten years ago, that would have been a little different. Yeah. Now you can kind of do that. Uh, but it's okay. You know, I don't. I don't own this one, but uh, it's probably worth a, a Tuesday night. You're not doing anything, and so on. Right. I agree. Yeah. It's been a. It's been a hot minute since I've seen it, but. Uh, it's I've I've seen it a few times. It's always been a fun fun movie, and you did great great. Um, you got some great shots in this location. 
Thanks. Yeah. So mostly, I think it was the Pasadena and West Hollywood for for the the key houses. Yes, I know North Orange Grove Ave very well. It's a oh, cool, yes. cool little neighborhood. Um, oh, oh yeah, Montrose, California, where they shot Nine to Five and Hitchcock. A couple. Oh, of nice. Films. Yeah. Great shots here. Um, when did you do these pictures? These um, probably a few years ago. So I think I was going to do. Um, nine to five locations i just happened to be this was down the street so when in when in that montrose exactly <laughs> that's my other motto <laughs> when in montrose uh, six, six days seven nights is number four in our honorable mentions right wait what did yes. you say about montrose i i don't know i don't remember what i said but oh. I, then i start giggling when i was thinking about six days seven nights which is usually a good sign i'm it usually means i'm remembering a funny line that i harrison thought, so. ford Harrison Ford, Anne Hesch, uh, and who who was the, I don't remember who was the gal that was kind of left on the other island or something like that. So, oh, uh, I don't. So, not, not, not a big name actress, but anyway, but um, but yeah, I, I really like this movie. Um, I don't know if you've seen it in a while, but um, I thought Anne is at her best with comedy. And yeah, no, was, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's better than her role in Volcano. And um, yeah. I enjoyed this movie very much, and I also like Harrison Ford when he does more funny action um, kind of roles as opposed to the serious, because it shows like a different side you don't see a lot, and I think he does a really good job. Oh, um, yeah. He's not taking himself that seriously. Yeah. No. So, no, I, I do enjoy this movie. This movie had me during the, the night plane scene where she takes too many tranquilizers or something like that, <laughs> and she's just like... <laughs> He's like, I don't think, you know, lightning hits the plane. She's like, oh, like, like not that big a deal. <laughs> right. No problem. She gets on the, you know, like, attention, Kmart shoppers. I just, I don't know. Oh. I, I still like this movie. <laughs> it is fun. Um, it's not as good as that movie that you recommended last time. The face. Mirror has two face. faces. Did you watch yeah. that? I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. It was, it was, uh, I watched it in two parts. I had to turn it off <laughs> to do something. And then <laughs> when they're in the, um, the, the orchestra and they're kind of like going along you're like what are you doing oh it's so good but i see why it's hard to look away it's like what are they going to do next you keep like who's gonna who's gonna chew the scenery more uh you know it's just i don't know and it's kind of it almost felt like a stage play because they're just shouting their lines you know uh, they are to the, shouting. the last row and just like this is a funny scene, and it has that horrible music. And Ugh. Grey's Anatomy is like the worst of that. They're the doop, 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 you know, like this constant like soundtrack. <laughs> I'm like, shut up, you know. Um, doop, doop, doop. Yeah, and then uh, and and the big change uh, near the end, where you know she's like running through Kenny Loggins, you know, and working out and and putting the snacks away. And <laughs> the ugly duckling becomes the, uh, the beautiful swan. And then she has her Barbara Streisand hair uh, with poor Brenda Vaccaro. Like, are we still friends? Because I eat burgers. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm hideous. Can we still <laughs> hang out? Are we still friends? Oh, and she says, well, of course, but we do never see her again. <laughs> no, no, she's no, absolutely she's not friends. Yeah, yeah. But I do love in that movie that exactly what you described transpired. It was one of those movies where it was exactly what you said. You know, it wasn't like somebody just likes it and they embellish it like I do a lot. It was pound yeah. for pound, very accurate. And uh -huh. the classroom scene where they're hanging out as if a celebrity's there signing autographs was 
amazing because they're Crazy. all there's no seat room left on the top and there's people yeah. like hanging on the rail yeah like, and laughing at every word she says and um and remember one like student was upset because uh bridges clock goes off and he looks at him like how dare you why don't you turn that off when you're in barbara's class yeah, turn As that a, off why don't you just <laughs> jump off a cliff yeah and then students are also at that same orchestra uh, thing and then like oh, you on a date like who does that nobody i just uh-huh. the whole thing is great and they i love when the interaction with the mother with lauren mccall who i think uh-huh. did a pretty good job yeah. um barbara tries comes in it's like they're eating and they're really eating and like pausing between talking i'm like you don't really have to like eat we know it's realistic and she's like so how old were you today you know <laughs> i'm like yeah how old are you how old are you today what is uh-huh. what is your angle oh my gosh so i I could never get enough of that movie, so but we it was we, good. we digress. But. Blade is number five. This is pre IRS tax evasion wizard snipes. <laughs> um uh I admit I haven't seen this in a while. At the time, this is one of my favorites. I thought uh it was kind of a new kind of modern, obviously speaking of Lost Boys, kind of this kind of felt like the next step. It feels like everything since Blade has modeled after kind of the same cinematography. Um, and kind of the same look for that. So, and it they did. I was going to say they kind of bled this one to death, but that's too much of dad humor, I think, uh, <laughs> for the Blade right. series. They bled this to death. Uh, I know. I said it, but no, um, I like it. Yeah, but you know, Stephen Dorff, um, I thought was kind of a good villain uh, for this. Chris Christopherson, Tracy Lawrence is in this. I remember. Is she? Yeah. Oh, I've only seen this. Uh, I've seen it a few times, but it was around this time. I think it was all like that year or, or thereafter. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was an edgy, for the time, it was a new edgy kind of, you know, film. Um, and it was it was really cool, yeah, I thought. It was. So, I'll have to watch that again. But yeah, they did, they did kind of beat this in the ground. Um, six, Robert, is notable for topping Titanic. You've mentioned this. Yeah, this is the only reason I put this here, so we can just say that and move on. So this is the movie and when i remake version of lost in space is lost in space the uh what is it will what's his name um danger will robinson yeah that's that's where that's from right yeah and they recently made a two is a two season tv series uh just a few years ago which actually was kind of pretty good uh with parker posey uh uh, was in it and she was really good but yeah otherwise we can move on yeah i haven't seen this one um I don't think I ever will. <laughs> you can watch the trailer and feel like you've seen it. So. And, and that's it. Yep. Um, I added this one in here, The Man in the Iron Mask. It, have you seen this one? Uh, once, again. Yeah, and I know we talked about this a little bit. It's like, yeah. this has only happened because of Titanic. Or it, It's only happened because of Titanic. And this is kind of a, a tragedy, this movie. it's um, The set design is great. The supporting actors are all classically trained like shakespearean actors they're great their french accents are actually pretty good but you have leonardo dicaprio as louis the 14th in the middle post titanic saying things like (laughs) well uh i am king and i like to eat alone and it just it's it does not hold up um but it's just i say it's a shame because it, it just it could have been so much better for like all the other actors they had in like the set um yeah it's it's kind of a sad sad affair and he became a better actor later. Um, I think at the time he just 
He's still mm-hmm. young, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I it, he wasn't right for the role. I mean, he, I think he's a tremendous actor. I think he's fantastic, but putting him as like Louis XIV with the American accent, I mean, what can you do with that? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, perfect murder. This is uh, Michael Douglas playing Michael Douglas. Yes, Michael Douglas as Michael Douglas and Gwyneth Paltrow as Gwyneth Paltrow. As Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Um, not sure what the age difference is there. It's Michael Douglas, so it never matters. No. Um, <laughs> nope. Not at all. So I had this on not too long ago. I think I, I, it was about 10 minutes in, and I was flipping. And I was like, oh, let me think about, you know, was this any good? It was okay as a thriller. Um, but Is it? Of, I haven't seen it, it since it came out. Just okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember the scene Michael Douglas is walking at, around in the guy she's having an affair with, like, house. And he's like, your paintings, they're trashy. <laughs> trashy art. And I'm like, wow, he's pretty right on the nose. It's trashy. Trashy. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh yeah, Vigo Mortensen, who's who will yeah, be Vigo. on uh this list a little bit later as well. But uh but yeah, so I put it yeah. on because I had just watched that because like, oh, let me give this a chance. And I'm like, all right, I'll see it in another twenty three years. We'll see it right, twenty three years <laughs> and then we'll pass. And Michael Douglas will be in the next remake of it. With another (laughs) (laughs) 22-year-old. It's trashy. Well, we got a treat for the next one, folks. Anytime there's a Halloween movie on the list, um, an angel gets his wings if Robert is on the show. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Halloween H2O. What's what's the tagline on my shirt? I can't. H2O. Robert's got a great shirt on, and it says, This summer, Terror won't be taking a vacation. Which... Doesn't make any sense. Uh, no. <laughs> does does terror usually take vacations? Apparently, it does. Uh, it up does. up until H two O, Michael always took a vacation um, during the summer months. And now, <laughs> well, he's got to rest. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, so um, I think yeah. I split uh, this. So this page should uh, it, uh, for the Halloween H two O page. It's pretty extensive, so I kind of split it up. So. Uh, for fans, you can kind of click on each picture and kind of dive into it even more, but it takes a lot to, to load. So um, I tried my best to kind of hit every single location. Um, but I was, I knew, I remember I went to opening day. I think we went to the afternoon show. I wanted to go to the very first showing, you know, so whatever happened to be that summer, like a three o'clock showing. Sure. And as soon as it started with uh, Mr. Sandman, I'm like, oh, I was so excited. Oh, yeah. And then Nurse Marion uh, came back and I was like, oh, this is, a, I've, I was just beyond myself. So. Oh, it was exciting to yeah. see this theatrically. You've, you've seen them all theatrically. See, this was the first uh, one I ever saw theatrically. Gotcha. I mean, so, at one point or another, you've seen yeah. them all in the theater, right? Absolutely. So yeah. right now, if you're watching the video, this is Carrie Tate's cottage, which I spent two nights in in, in 2018, which was really exciting for me. Dream come true. I think the price of inflation has went up for overnight <laughs> stays there. Isn't it like 500 bucks a night? Oh, no, that's what I paid. Now it's a like... Night? Wait, when did you go here? 2018. Okay. Yeah. It is now like $1,800 a night. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I'm not sure what they're doing or they don't want anybody. And I think they're trying to sell the place. So I'm I'm lucky I got in when I did. So, well, what happened is you stayed there and that rose the property value because now on their marketing, they say (laughs) the set jetter stayed here and they're like, I'll give you $2,000 a night, sir. 
So, um, and we're talking about the Paramore Estate, um, which used to be also known as the Canfield Marino Estate, and it's high at top, uh, much kind of the peak uh, of the kind of Silver Lake area. So, um, just cool. lucky to be able to get into it. So, they used pretty much every inch of this place uh, for Halloween H2O, for Hillcrest Academy, and um, it, it fooled me a little bit, because like this, the scene you're looking at now, um, where one shot, you can kind of see what, where they covered up the pool in the background. The reverse shot is actually somewhere on the entire other side of the building, but they sold it well. You, oh. they, they, make, they make it think like this is just part of the campus. So that reverse shot is actually completely other side of the building. <laughs> it, they they did it right. Yeah, I'm like kudos like to them. Out. So um, luckily, yeah, I got to spend a couple nights there. Uh, next, we're at Malibu Creek State Park, where the the rest stop was located. And yes. They filmed a lot of things here as well. This is uh, your entry of Halloween H2O. Yeah. It's one of my favorite ones that you have done. We've, we've even spoke about this before, I remember. But um, you did a great job, I think. Thank you. Uh, one, one of my favorites, and it's kind of pinching myself. So, um, yeah, so I had, um, when I was there, uh, Sean Clark, who does Horror's Hollow Grounds, uh, he actually drove up for my last, I think, two and a half hours before I had to kind of check out that last day. And he he and I ran around and took a lot of pictures because he had never been there before either. Oh, nice! You guys got to uh, get get some good shots. Yeah, do some bad reenactments and stuff like as we like to do. I love the reenactments. <laughs> I like when you're on the ground in the Friday the Thirteenth Part Three barn, so not caring. Yes. So speaking of Ellie and H two O, so I think I went to see this movie like five times in the theater because I was just. I wanted, I was milking it, you know, as much as I could to kind of get that Halloween experience. And the last time we went to a theater, I think we were the, there was one other person in the theater and it was during that opening scene and Nurse Marion is kind of going through the house and it's dark and boom, all electricity goes out. And it was kind of, it was pitch black, you know, and this is pre, you don't have a cell phone with a camera and stuff like that. No, you're screwed. And we're like, we sat there for a while and we're like, do we, do we go, electricity coming back or whatever? And um and they were like we knew there was another person in the theater and we never heard that you know was, so we actually kind of got creeped out and eventually we kind of made our way out, out of the theater and i think the entire block was down and so they just gave us our money back but that's scary memorable experience yeah of course how does that work with pre-cell phones we never think about it. we took those yeah. days <laughs> we take these days for granted yeah you can't do anything you're at the mercy of like whatever um but yeah you did a great job in this on this uh on this film, I, I remember seeing this in the theater uh, with some friends that summer. Same summer we saw Armageddon. And um, we just thought it was like one of the coolest things. You know, once you hear the music in the beginning and you... Because, uh, you know, we were familiar with the movies. We, yeah. we would actually watch them a lot. And uh, this was very cool. A really cool experience to see this. And it uh, made a good bookend, you know. And it should have kind of been the bookend of that series, probably. I think so. I agree. And it's got LL Cool J. Um, pre uh, <laughs> Deep Blue Sea. Was it pre or post? I can't remember. Pre. I don't know. Deep Blue Sea is about... uh, 99. 99, okay. So. Yeah. Which he survived that as well. Hey, he, he's... Uh, yeah, so... Mama said knock you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, H2O still holds up for all of us. And please check out Robert's uh, page on this at set-debtor.com. Thank you. Um, I think it would be funny if you put pictures on this page where you got people really into it and then 
like an ad popped up. It was like, you want to continue? Subscribe. Like the New York <laughs> Times does and people have to pay. And you're like, what? You've looked at this page three times already. You want to see right. it again? Like, they, like yeah. you know. And I'm like, I thought it was for the fans. It's, by like, the way, it is for the fans. It is for the fans. So You don't absolutely. take a dime off the top. I do not. I, I pay for it, actually. Is, so. There you go. It shows you that it's, it's the real deal. Uh, number 10, Wag the Dog. <laughs> And I rewatched this not too long ago too. So, are you familiar with this one? I I am. I haven't seen it since I think gotcha. this came out. Uh, I, I liked it though. Yeah. Also, Anne Hesh. She, is she in every film this year? She. Yeah. Um, she was getting a she, lot of work. Yeah. She was kind of at the top of. Uh, I say top of her game. I already said that. But uh, yeah. So I rewatched this to kind of see how, and it mostly holds up. It kind of begins to fizzle kind of near the end. Um, and now it doesn't seem so. I think now we're in such a we're more aware of kind of how things probably really work that it none of this seems too outlandish. But at the time, it was still a pretty good movie. I think so. Yeah, I'm due to I'm overdue to watch this this film, um, The Apostle. Have you ever seen this movie? Uh, I don't think so. Well, it's uh, what's that? Go ahead. It's it um, it's a, it's a, it was an independent film. I, it was one of those movies that really was made for Oscar season. They only released it in like a few theaters and then an additional whatever, like a hundred across the country. But it's Robert Duvall playing a uh, a pastor, kills his wife, who's Farrah Fawcett, for having an affair. Gotcha. And then he goes, you know, uh, I won't spoil it, but, you know, he kind of goes, the, the plot of the movie in the trailer, so I'm not giving too much away, is, uh, you know, he kind of assumes another name and teaches in another town. Um, but it was such a good movie, and I really like this film. Uh, but nobody ever really like talks about it no i do now that you're talking about i do remember seeing this and i actually saw it in the theater yeah um and i i remember it the same way i remember the wag the dog is i remember it for the audience members there's something that happens at the end and i remember the lady next to me is like oh you know like just <laughs> keep it to yourself you know is like she, uh, it's nothing you know the <laughs> uh, oh. people it was like really this is the dramatic response that you're giving to this where everybody else might be like, hmm. you know, like when yeah. something, you know, happens, but similar to wag the dog. I remember it was less the movie, but the previews. And I've, I've talked about this before. There was a preview for blues brothers, 2000. Oh gosh. They were knee slapping. That was the funniest trailer ever. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, and this is before the movie. I'm like this, we're going to be in trouble because That's um, sure enough, they were talkers during the oh. entire and I was like, why, why is she doing that? And I'm like, shh. I did tell him to shut up, I think, at one point. That's good. And then I, I think this is the one you're like, what'd he say? And I'm like, God damn it. You're like, knee <laughs> <laughs> slapping. This is yeah. pre Alamo theaters. Pre, yes. We, you were, you couldn't even pick your own seats. You know, it's like, oh, you had a, the, there was no. You might as well watch it on your phone in like uh, a bus station, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, so it's just like, and those things just end up ruining the movie a little bit. But anyway, that's what I, I remember. think so. Yeah. Speaking of knee slappers, I think that's like one of the worst things you can do. Like the knee slappers, it's like, hey, have a little self control. <laughs> you know? Don't you feel like though? Um, because I hate the odd the the speaking too. It, you may it's like watching somebody when they're in the bathroom. You just you're not there for that. Like, do it. Stick to yourself. Be quiet. Be a ghost. Um, but I feel like in those situations, when you have somebody talking, you need to treat it like a cancer and cut it out like immediately or it's going to like explode. Like very early on, if nobody says anything, it's going to keep happening. So I fortunately have not had to been the guy 
to to say something. I have a few times. Yeah. But um, whenever there's a situation, usually somebody's like, "Yo, shut the fuck up." Um, especially in LA, because there's a lot of movie snobs. Yeah. So if somebody's talking, people are really gonna be like, "Yo, like, my brother-in-law was an editor on this. I'm trying to watch. Like, shut yeah. up, you know." Yeah. Um, well, but you have I, to like cut that out immediately. Yeah, I've been that guy, and I haven't. I haven't been in my best when I tell people to shut up. It's not usually nice. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know Angry Robert very well, but it scares me. Um, you don't want to make me angry. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, but I don't. I don't want to pull a crumpus and piss uh, okay. you off. But next we have. Um, oh, uh, I still know what you did last summer. The sequel to I know what you did last summer. Speaking of making me angry. Uh, <laughs> did this infuriate you? It did. I, I saw it in the theater because you know I was a fan of I know what you did last summer. I was like, yeah, let's mm-hmm. let's see what they do. And we got Brandy this time, and yeah. uh, uh, Jack Black doing Jack Black uh, things. Jack Black thing. I just I don't want to call it kind of non PC thing. You know, things, but yeah. this role. Um, and it was just like it's one of those things like yeah that what they pretend they f- don't realize that they went a trip but it's all a, a fake setup and this island that nobody's at and it was just like one they couldn't afford to <laughs> have extras so bad it's just no not good yeah what what i took this as and it is a bad movie and i did see this theatrically was uh hey uh the movie, last movie did pretty well let's get another one out right away well it's kind of long not enough time to do no we don't need extras we'll go to an island let's do a different location we'll go to the bahamas they're giving tax incentives now (laughs) and then they got like brandy who was like probably had a number one song at the time um it's just bad they should have kept to the roots of the first one yeah but and then sadly it only got worse for that series (laughs) it did it did i uh, i like the first one a lot they filmed at a lot of the same locations as the fog right that same area um, not the fog. Where's the dock scene at? You've covered this before. Oh, I've not actually. I've not been at locations. It was part uh, Wilmington. Oh, original, was it? Yeah. No, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, I'm thinking of Village of the Damned. The oh, yeah. Yep. No. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, the first one was a, was a good movie. It's a solid movie, and this one just wasn't a. I still know what you did last summer. Should have been called. Oh, I still wish I didn't go to this fucking thing <laughs> last summer. Um, next is as good as it gets. And um, this was an Oscar-winning film, wasn't it? I think, yes, or at least Oscar-nominated. But it was Oscar-winning, and it had the one line that all the rom-coms did at the time. Jerry Maguire had, you know, "I had you at hello" or whatever. This one was, uh, "You make me want to be a better man," from Jack Nicholson. Yeah, because I guess I, he's an asshole, so he needs a girl half his age to help him be kinder to people. Yeah, and Helen Hutt and her bet. Like I just, I, I didn't get this movie. Um, um, it do, it does not hold up. Uh, I watched this recently, and I'll tell you why. They cater in the film to Jack Nicholson's character because it's Jack Nicholson playing a character. Like if this were anybody else, like a nobody, it would be a uh, very mean spirited kind of film to watch. He is yeah. an asshole. He's disrespectful to women, to uh, to gay men, and to people in the service industry. Um, but because it's it's Jack Nicholson with that smile. They kind of like play around it, and I think the audience kind of just forgave him for that. But um, it is, in my opinion, um, it's an uncomfortable film to watch. It does not hold. It does not age well. No, so that I, that I don't. And it's it's none. It doesn't. That wouldn't fly in New York at all. 
<laughs> no, no, not at all. He would have his uh, his teeth ripped out. Yeah, from him. and it, it makes me a little sad because this is directed by James Brooks, who uh, started off high with Terms of Endearment. Yeah. And Broadcast News was pretty good, and then it just kind of. After this, he did Spanglish, and then I think something else, and that that was it. So. Yeah. Right. This it was the writing on the wall at this point. Broadcast News. Did you cover that? Uh, I did not. That's mostly DC, but um, I would like to cover that sometime. But. Okay. Uh, But yeah, I put that on there. It does not hold up. So if you have it, listeners, throw it in the trash. I think it'd be funny if we we our listeners, um, you know, kept building. We just we kind of became very preachy. We're like, go outside and burn this, burn it right now, turn it into coasters. I don't care. Um, I added another one in here. Enemy of the state. Have you seen this? I have not. This still holds up. It's pre nine eleven NSA surveillance, um, and it still it has aged very well, especially with the conversation we had. You know, within the last 10, 15 years about how much of the government listen to you. Is it safe? Are they doing this to protect the country? Um, it's Will Smith playing Will Smith, the action star, and Gene Hackman, um, John Voight, Jason Robards. Uh, it's a it's a pretty good film. And uh, they have the right amount of comedy in there, but also, you know, it has has some good uh, grit in it. So, Gotcha. Um, I'll keep a lookout for that yeah, one. Yeah, keep a lookout. I had it on a DVD if you want to borrow it. I'll keep a lookout for that okay. one. <laughs> okay. Number 15, we have Pleasantville. Uh, uh, this is one I don't own, but I do stop and watch or watch a good 20 minutes of it when I, I'm kind of clicking through. So also yeah. actually shot at the same uh, location where Halloween H2O shot the rest stop scene. The In that parking lot at Malibu Creek State Park, they built the small town. Little really? trivia there for you. Yeah, I did not know that. And Randy Newman did the soundtrack. Ah, so it was, um, uh, I'm going to say completely kind of unique, but uh, I thought it was kind of a little creative twist on uh, continuing to kind of go back in time, uh, but a little bit different way. Very well said. Um, Yeah, this still holds up for me. Um, It was reminiscent, some things of different movies in the 90s, and uh, I felt like it was refreshing at the time, maybe even a little ahead of its time. And uh, I don't own this either, but I will... Pretty much always stop and watch this. Yeah, I see it on. And next we have uh, another treat for you. Robert has covered this film. It is Urban Legend. Oh. I don't know if you want me to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so Actually, we're I was still... going to make a joke there, but oh, I, didn't, I decided you... not to. Oh, and then okay. you, you covered for me. So I didn't Urban know Legend. if you're waiting for me to to announce mm-hmm. it, but uh, but yeah. So obviously, this is still a post scream where we are kind of churning out horror movies um and a little bit the same kind of early 80s of like holidays and different you know what what we can cash in on um so urban legend which i'm kind of surprised that um that title has not been used before from my member so this was shot uh mostly toronto area um so when i was there a few years ago i went and did a few locations for that uh at the kind of different campuses that they used mostly one campus i think but uh, I like this movie a lot. I watched this uh, when it came out, and to your point, I agree. I am very surprised this title has not been used because there were a lot of books using that title um, and different stories and compilations and things like that. Uh, so it kind of came that when this movie came out, it kind of felt like, oh, is this a sequel to something? And no, this was a it's an original idea. Yeah, not so an idea, but 
but yeah, so a couple different campuses. Uh, so this this next campus uh, is better known as Police Academy in Police Academy. Oh, nice. So same, this is Humber, Humber College. In, uh, yeah, so same spot, and actually the, one of the, the buildings kind of across the the campus it was also used as the uh, I can't remember the main officer's uh, house in, in the film. So. But um, but yeah, so uh, for the most part, I think this does hold up for me and I do watch it and uh, the uh, the sequel did not hold up for me. I don't know, some people still like urban legends, but um, not for me. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that one, yeah. um, but I like that you like this movie. Yeah, uh, Rebecca Gayhart. I was just I don't know if we're spoiling, but yeah, she ended up being kind of one of my favorites. And I love uh, there's a little throwaway at the end where uh she may you know rebecca gay hearts on another campus or whatever but they're talking about like whatever happened to her like i don't know whatever and they say i heard she's on the new noxie or on the noxima <laughs> yeah. commercial which was great oh, it was perfect yeah, that's all she know. was known for up until yeah that point. yeah oh yeah so um but uh but yeah so uh worth a watch i think and i think it still holds up daniel harris from halloween uh fame um which one's daniel harris she she plays the roommate, the goth roommate, and she obviously was in Halloween four and five. Is oh yeah as, yeah 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 yeah. As Jamie Lloyd. So great uh, shots here. But uh, what was I going to say? I was just kind of looking up, and she uh, Rebecca Gayhart's also not. You don't really recognize her in What's Upon a Time in Hollywood. That she plays the the wife that maybe Brad Pitt Brad Pitt killed or not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I like her a lot. I do. Yeah. I really do. I think she's great. Um, no, I didn't mention this to listeners but and viewers, but Robert has a, a assortment of movie props from Halloween H2O mm. about 15 feet behind him. There are the knives that uh, are thrown out of the drawer at Michael. Um, in a, Did you put that case together? Did you make I that? I did. I did. I kind of velcroed them in place because I didn't oh, know wow. what I didn't know what to do with them. So no, I think it's brilliant. Majority of the knives, uh, so about uh, half and half, half are fake and half are real, uh, depending on what Jamie was supposed to be grabbing. Uh, we got one of the pieces. I have many photos from Dr. Loomis's uh, wall from the beginning. Oh yeah. And then uh, uh, one of the folders that uh, Adam Arkin is holding that has the kids that are staying put. Uh, one of the happy 17th birthday cards that there's there were many made for the movie that uh, Josh Hartnett gets from his dad. And then I like to put up on the mantle and say, 17. 17. So, I think that's great you have those. That's uh, so cool. A little sampling. I actually have a whole shelf of Halloween H2O props. And I'm, I'm sure. looking at the big Hillcrest Academy flag in front of me that you can't see either. Robert has one of the extras from that movie actually tied up in his basement somewhere <laughs> as a prop. I'm a completist, you know. A... <laughs> <laughs> I Easy. do I do want a Hillcrest Academy jacket. Oh yeah, you gotta get one. They gotta be out there somewhere. So you should have a custom made. I could see Josh Hartnett in the back with a chain on him going, Can I eat something? He's like, back in no. Um, you know, I was going to actually make, so uh, Sean Clark and I, when it was the 40th anniversary of Halloween convention, uh, we were actually thinking about having an event there. And I was going to, if I couldn't find one, I was going to make my own Hillcrest Academy jacket. So when I was giving tours. Oh, cool. It'd be kind of legitimate, but. Yeah, no, uh, I feel like you need one of those in your collection, though. I 
do. I yeah. I always keep a lookout for stuff. So I don't remember that being so. When the movie came, Halloween show came out, a lot of the props went for sale. Um, at that time, uh, Dimension and New Line and stuff they would sell a lot of props, and so that's where I got some of them. Um, but I couldn't afford some of the other things at the. But, oh well. Yeah. No. I I'm very impressed at your movie memorabilia collection of actual props. You're not just one of these fanboys. It's just like it's a sticker. <laughs> it's from the website. No, 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 no. no. Not Robert. Uh, more treats in store in this Halloween basket of jet-setting fun. Uh, that was a good piece of alliteration. It I feel like your website so. should start. Uh, uh, the big hit. Have you seen this? I think this is, might be a single location because I wasn't able. Also Toronto. So obviously we're is hitting this up Mark Toronto. Wahlberg. It is Mark Wahlberg. Yes, um, I have seen it. It's a good flick. Yeah, I. I didn't, I, they didn't know how to sell it at the time. Was it a comedy? Uh, was it not? Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Um, so it ended up being kind of like, we're not quite sure what we're getting into. And then you start watching the movie and they're like, oh, this is, it is, is kind of a hybrid. So uh, I enjoy this movie quite a bit. So I don't think I yeah, have I, a picture of me and Lou Diamond, but I actually have a big hit poster that I got signed by Lou Diamond Phillips. There you go. La Bamba yeah. himself. Yeah. Looking good. Looking good. Uh, I, I agree with you. This this is a good film, but I feel like they didn't know how to market it properly. Um, but yeah, it's a good one. I love your shirt too, by the way. Thank you. Oh, that's that, that, that? I do. This was a Lost Boys weekend, so it was Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland. So I bought that kind of one of those wraparound shirts. Uh, yeah, those are that. cool. Yeah. Um, next we have Psycho. Nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> oh, we talked about this, I think, on our very first show we've ever done. We've, How bad yeah, it is. I can't remember. So um, we, We've mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. So um, it does have some of my favorite. Uh, <laughs> it has one of my favorite posters uh, that they made for the film. So it, it is a cool poster. And it, yeah. it, it's a the movie has cool, you know, scenes and um, or set design and stuff. But I mean, it's just a bad, such a bad movie. It's not. So uh, once again, starring Anne Hesch. Uh, <laughs> It is. She was just like, <laughs> oh God, I'd like to see her payroll for that year to see how much she made. So, uh, I know. She was so, cleaning up. Yeah. So I, I did not take a helicopter through Phoenix. So unfortunately, these you don't get those same shots, but I did my best. Uh, so you did a they, great job. They did uh, try to do a better job of, of kind of wanting what they want to do. So uh, downtown Phoenix is, of course, played by downtown Pasadena. Here uh, it is. Time. I know exactly yep. where this is. The yeah. cool part of Pasadena. Yeah, can recognize that uh, kind of big clock tower, um, and then later she's kind of going on a different road down during down Pasatina. Um, I don't know if I, maybe I include that later, but this is in the original film. Yeah, so they used the same exact spot in the original film, which I thought was great. You know that if they're going to do yeah. it, uh, just do it. So um, yeah, this is cool that you got this. Yeah, so this is out in Gorman, California. So Gorman, a little bit of a drive and. Oh, there's me trying to recreate horrible shots, but uh, <laughs> so they had some oh, there decent, you go. I like yeah, that. Yeah, they had some decent casting, you know, um, and for the film that for, for 1998, this you know you got the cast that you could. So yeah, no, I I think that that you know they're good actors yeah. and um, look at just, I, I, they I didn't like, need to do it. I haven't visited the have a... for a while, and I was like, oh, I actually took rearview mirrors to make it. <laughs> Did you rearview? Oh. Mirror, yeah. Uh, Look, that's very um. I, I was trying my best. in of you. <laughs> You're a Methodist. Yeah, Method Man. The uh, the problem with this film is they did it 
for the most part, like exactly like the original line for line and stuff. Like yeah. you should, you should never have done that movie, yeah. but you could have done yeah. like more. If you look closely at that previous shot there, uh, you will see a, she's driving uh, a six day, seven nights poster. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're right. Good call. Good. Uh, in, in movie promotional ties. You know, she'd be driving like, wait, is that me? Is that right? Yeah. Is that <laughs> is me? That what? Looking back at myself. Uh, so, but um, this is a good, good entry of, of your work. It's always surprising. Palm trees never really change. Uh, no, seriously, there's no, they're a good catalyst. This is uh, Van Nuys. This is the car dealership. Yeah. They went to a different car dealership. Um, not sure why. And that kind of changed quite a bit. Um, a lot of those buildings across the street are already gone. So can no longer match that up, but they're still oh. there at the time. Robert found it. Yeah. What is this shot right here? Uh, the Bates Motel. So they actually put a false house in front of the current Bates house. So they didn't tear it down or anything. Um, and they kind of did a kind of kitschy motel uh, motif for it instead. But I yeah, know. I should kind of update these shots. Cause, so since my last visit, they actually took all that horrible Grinch stuff from behind the Bates Motel out. So you can have normal looking Bates Motel shots now. Oh yeah. Yeah. The horrible great stuff. It's like, ugh, just ruin yeah. it. I, it is. It, it did ruin it. Well, pretty bad. Uh, Pico Boulevard. This is, uh, uh <laughs> now a dojo. Uh, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, yeah, I went in there and, uh, this was kind of a little bit tricky one to find, but because there was one address and you can kind of see in, in the background, it still kind of lines up. Obviously, inside is not a hardware store uh, anymore, but you can see the same kind no. of uh, numbering on the the window to kind of, I did my best to line up the shot. So, Ooh. yeah, I went in there, I was trying to explain myself. I'm like, uh, can I take pictures of <laughs> this? Was used in Psycho. I was like, really? Like, wax yeah. on, wax off. And I'm like, well, here's what it looks like now. <laughs> well, good job on finding it. And there he is, Vigo Mortensen. Yep. And Julianne Moore, uh, which they, they did some awful uh, updates in this one, too. Like, I think she goes, and the, I think in the original, she's supposed to go get, she goes, I have to go get my purse. And this time, she goes, I have to go get my Walkman. I'm like, what? Oh. You, like, you need your Walkman to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I got to leave this conversation to go get my Walkman. <laughs> and like, they did need... cut out. Um, the, uh, a scene or two, I remember. So it's not completely shot for shot or even scene by scene. Uh, so they did take some liberty, but yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, Most people see it as an experiment now. Yeah, it's an experimentation. There it is. It's a nice shot right here. Yeah. So behind there, that's kind of where the swamp was. So right, right. Yeah. Also near Gorman, kind of in the same area. But pretty cool. And here's you with uh, Anne Hish. Yeah, I was, um, she was at a film at Sundance and, you know, at that time she was kind of at the height of, what's her book, Don't Call Me Crazy, and she's, you know, she was kind of known for, for that, and so when oh, I yeah. met her, I was expecting, you know, Looney, and she wasn't, she was completely normal, I I enjoyed meeting her. Oh, that's very nice to hear. Yeah. She was, she was probably happy to meet you too. Yeah, so, no, she, it felt like she was, like, she, she actually brought me, uh, she had me come up on the stage so I could get a good picture with her. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good shot. Yeah. Um, again, listeners, set dash Check it out. Uh, faculty is next. This is... Oh, what is the faculty, Robert? Jo another Josh Hartnett. So I think he... There was a little bit of overlap between this and, and H2O. 
um, has a, a big supporting cast. Piper Laurie. Yes. Um, trying to think all of the, Elijah Wood was in it. I'm trying to remember uh, the gal and stuff like that. So uh, a good cast. Uh, I think it, it, some of the effects don't hold up so well, but I think as a whole, this movie is still kind of, it's pretty enjoyable. Uh, they're aliens, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind yeah, of, a, I did enjoy this. Yeah. Um, no, those teachers were acting odd. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a spin on, uh, another spin on invasion of the body snatchers and stuff like that. Yeah, which I saw was streaming recently, like all of them. Um, oh, really? Somewhere. Yeah, I think tonight I'm going to dip my big toe into Body Snatchers 94. Oh, where are you going to go? With Meg Tilly. Where are you yeah, going to go? Nowhere, because there's no one like you left. Go to bed. <laughs> I said get in bed. <laughs> I, I still say that to my cat. <laughs> I like uh, far Just that to exact you. tone, too. I said. I want to say. <laughs> go. I said. Go to bed. I always want to say, Forrest Whitaker's line in there. If in like an uncomfortable work situation, like you can take my body, but you'll never take my soul. As he blows his brains out. Oh, I forgot about that. So yeah, I, I like that one. I mean, Billy Worth, Christina yeah. Lee's, um, has some has some awkward acting in it. It um, does I think on purpose, but no, yeah. When he's like, uh, "Prove it that you're not a body snatcher." I fucked your girlfriend last night. <laughs> I got work to do. Okay, so the body snatchers can have emotion with humor and angry, but the guy has to respond. That seems like he was a, okay. Depending. It is a little awkward, but it is a lot. Yeah. Gods I, and Monsters is next. Another entry by Robert. Um, this is. I the, uh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I was going to read your entry. Um, garnered several Oscar nods at the time, including Ian McKellen and Lynn Redgrave. Yeah, so I saw this film at Sundance Film Festival. The first time I was at Sundance Film Festival. So No way! Yeah, Lynn Redgrave was there, um, not Ian McKellen. I think there's some, uh, one, one or two other actors, I think, were there. So um, That is so, so cool to, to see this. This is a good movie, to see that at Sundance. Oh, yeah. So, in the flesh. Uh, this is a pretty recent updated page where I kind of went to, uh, as I was going to some of the locations, and obviously this this beach uh, has kind of been used in um, a couple different films, uh, kind of down in San Pedro. Yeah, uh, it's there. Um, the Walker's Cafe, I think, is next. Also in the San Pedro uh, area, it's been in, used in a couple other films. I think Chinatown shot not too far from there, so this played oh. the bar in the film. Looks pretty much the same. Over yeah, there. right across the street, they shot a lot of um, the Dead to Me series uh, in that park uh, that overlooks across the, the street from this cafe. Yep, yep. Oh, cool. Not too far from the Like a Prayer location. So, this is a new location that I just went to. When was there? Four weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> right here. Yep. So this is supposed to be Santa Monica Library, and it's actually San Pedro High School. So, oh, cool. uh, I looked out. The gate was open because this is in the middle of campus, and. Uh, I went in, so I couldn't get into the library, um, and that's those paintings are actually in the library. So someday I'm going to try to see if I can finagle my way in there. Uh, oh yeah, to get a picture of those paintings. That's interesting. Good job, you know, doing this uh, location, getting in there. Thank you. So this uh, next is kind of the main house, and this I really lucked out on. So um, you can probably kind of flip down because I have a lot of pictures uh, as this. So uh, the first time uh, I went there, there's cars all oh, over the shit. place. And uh, they said they're having an estate sale, and I'm like, "Can I take pictures?" And they're like, "No." And it's like, "Well, come back tomorrow and and 
and asked so and so. So came back the next day. Everybody was gone, and there were some workers. and And I said, so and so said I could take pictures. And I go, all right. And so literally, I had run of. Uh, they didn't shoot too much in the house, but they shot a lot at that back pool and the pool house. And so I was beyond excited that I was able to get not only you know, it's good front shots of the house, but to get back to the pool. Oh um, yeah, these are great shots, house. by the way. You nailed yeah. it. So super excited literally it that could not have happened any other day in my lifetime no. yeah from what you're you're saying that's incredible so you i really lucked out happened to kind of hit it right and the pool house is empty uh of course but they made it into uh they didn't have a diving board i don't think uh in real life but so i was really excited to kind of get all these uh shots and fireplaces and i think i might have a picture of lynn redgrave when I, she was walking down the aisle right next to me and probably near the end of this page um but should have should have would have could have uh they shot a little bit at the uh uh the studio okay there's there's my picture of lynn walking right by me you got it yep and if you go up a little bit i did go to james whale's actual grave so if you don't know he directed frankenstein and uh invisible man a couple of the other um big horror movies back then so oh yeah of course uh, you're not supposed to bring cameras in there but i got a picture anyway uh, he he would have let you wanted you to do that i would think so and you're not a, a tourist a little bit further i went to the actual house uh that was supposed to be uh is up in uh the palisades this so, guy yeah so this is the house uh that he did live at that they uh the oh. the film took some artistic intact um License use, yeah, on kind of everything, but uh, but yeah, so more San Pedro. You did a great job with this location, it's very Thank in depth. And I, I did use this for I published this in Horror's Hollowed Grounds and Horror Hound magazine, and it's probably the oddest entry because it's not really a horror movie, but it's paying tribute to a horror directing legend. Oh, yeah, you did mention that before. Congratulations on that. Um, and the last two entries are kids' films, um, yeah. just to lighten up the mood. Um, <laughs> apt Pupil and American History X. Uh, apt two, Pupil, I'm working on. I'm working on that page, so keep a lookout. I am very curious. I do like. Uh, we'll start with that Pupil. I do like this movie a lot. This is a Stephen King short story that is in. Um, I think it's different seasons. I want to say it might be. But sure. yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a good movie. It has. This is also Ian McKellen. Uh, Brad Renfro, yep, Ian McKellen, um, David Schwimmer. <laughs> oh, yeah. And He's got uh, a Nazi it, in his basement. Yeah, is it Anne Loudon? I can't remember her name. Um, so she's in, um, uh, Brad Renfro's mom is played by um, the gal that's also in uh, Hand, The Handmaid's Tale now. It's just strange to kind of see her uh, in uh, a kind of a younger version of her and just kind of uh, more of a normal uh, and Dowd is her name. Sorry. Yes, you're right. Um, what do you think? Do you still do you like this movie? Does it still hold out? Um, I, I have a little bit of issue with this movie because it it it, I, it holds holds up better for me now, but it's also kind of a, has kind of enwrapped in some controversy as well that uh, kind of ruins it a little bit. So um, the director Brian Singer. Oh yeah, um, he's a scumbag. And, yeah, and there's a boys were. There was a blogger room scene that they shot, and uh, there's some sued him because they wanted the boys to be nude, and obviously couldn't, and stuff like that. So it, it has some weird. Yeah, uh, it, it's a movie that could be yeah. redone. Um, somebody else could make this movie. Yeah, at this point, um, 
yeah, overall, I still feel it holds up, but you're absolutely right about that. That is a unsettling kind of scene with yeah. given the background. Yeah, and once you know about it, you're like, oh, it's kind of rings wrong. And and that happened to another favorite film of mine uh, as well, Clown House. Um, what full. happened there? Um, well, the director did molest the lead boy in the film. Oh, really? And so it's like, well, now you can't watch it without, you know... <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. It ruins but it. it but that, but the movie, uh, if Ellie's listening, she'll know, uh, scared me to death in the theater. I was like, <laughs> embarrassingly so. Oh, really? You were frightened? Yeah. I you? was frightened. I remember I was like, look, I, I can't remember. I, I, obviously, I, I was making a spectacle of myself somehow, but I was scared that I think people were making fun of me. But now, now this, I, is I, the, this is the, I, the movie from the 80s we're talking about clown house yeah i think yeah. 89 maybe or 91 or something like that but now i probably intrigued you to, to watch it <laughs> yeah victor salva is you're, you're yeah. referring to speaking yeah. of another jerk director but yeah oh he did jeepers creepers and all those movies yes oh uh. <laughs> jackass yeah um yeah but that's no good and uh i i share your um thoughts on out people um, American History X. I just watched this last night. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time, or two nights ago. How did it um, hold up for you? It, I think it holds up better than it did. Um, originally, I think the movie has aged well. My only... And I think they do a good job with the black and white scenes without making it look too like film student-like. They kind of yeah. like, do a good mix of that. Ed Norton's great. Uh, Eddie Furlong um, kind of overdoes it a little bit. Well, it's Eddie Furlong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's kind of like he pushes him against the wall like maybe six times, and maybe like two would have been good. Yeah. But um, my only thing with this movie, I would have changed. Uh, not that anybody's asking, but <laughs> I, I would have turned the events up quicker a little bit early on. I feel like they focus too much on the skinhead stuff for too long, which for some people that might be into that thing yeah. might like glorify that by like watching this movie. Like, oh yeah, it's a great Nazi movie when it's it's really not at all. Yeah. It's very anti skinhead, but I feel like they could have made him get arrested and all that a little bit early and focus yeah. more on the end. Um, I what also enjoyed, think? uh, yeah, still, it still holds up for me. I haven't seen it in a while, but, uh, I remember do, it's weird to say you enjoy this movie. It is uh, because totally. of the content, but they do have, I love Beverly D'Angelo and Elliot gold as the parents. Um, uh, he's the, he's like the guy she's dating. Yeah, it was that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what I can't remember. I just, I just remember the dinner table scenes and uh, oh, uh, a bulk. Um But yeah, so uh, it worked for me. I have been to a few of those locations. I just have not uh, published them uh, yet. So I know what one of the locations is Venice High School. Well, that too. Yeah, no, uh, too then. And the coffee shop. Oh, yeah. The Mer- uh, Miracle Mile. Johnny, is it Johnny's Coffee Shop? Yeah, Johnny's yeah. Coffee Shop. Yeah, so um, the house, is, I don't think it's, I've been to the house before and it's not too far, which probably has probably the most disturbing scene of that decade with the, the curb. Oh, but, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, but it still holds up though for the most part. Yeah. Um, that scene at the dinner table though is works in that it makes you very uncomfortable. It turns out from like, oh yeah, how about that thing in the news to mm-hmm. showing your swastika and kicking him out of the house and the, everybody's screaming and he chokes her. It, it went from yeah. zero to 60 and like, it was crazy. Yeah. And um, that was our honorable mentions here on Set Jetter Saturdays. And finally, Can't Look Away, 1998. What do you got on deck, Robert? Uh, my Can't Look Away is Dead Man on Campus. <laughs> have you, have oh, really? you seen this film? No, I have seen it, but 
um, it didn't. Uh, maybe I should watch it again. <laughs> it's. Pre- I tried to watch. I was on something the other day, and I was like, uh, "I'm still chuckling, uh, probably for the wrong <laughs> reasons. This movie will never be made again." Um, uh, but I, I like it most. So I like Mark Paul Gosler and uh, Tom Everett Scott is okay. He kind of plays the straight uh, man in here. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this for a lot for Lachlan Monroe. He plays the cr- crazy. One of the crazy uh, guys that they try to bring into to the room. They're trying. So the premise, of course, they're trying to find that third roommate who will commit suicide. So they get straight A's uh, that semester, so they don't have to worry about homework. And so they kind of bring in all right. these people. So Lockham Monroe is just he, he he steals every scene that he's in. And and my favorite is when he's like, they pull up to the uh, police officers. He's like, excuse me, officer, can you give me directions to I ninety five? I'm like, it's just. He's my favorite. Actually, I had him write that whole quote uh, f- uh, for an autograph for. Oh, me did you really? And my sister, yeah. So because he did, he was also in Freddy versus Jason and a couple other films that he does some conventions with. D- did you see this movie theatrically when it came out? I did. <laughs> and what, what you as like twenty year old some Robert? Did you walk away leaving thinking this was like a great movie kind of thing? Or yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, I just like it, it was enough that I do own this on DVD. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. So why can't something. you look away? I don't because it's not a good movie. It really isn't. No. Um, and I think yeah, I can't look away for like the, kind of some the stupid <laughs> scenes and then Ed locked them in a row. So and yeah, no, I, I've only seen this the one time. Uh, I wasn't like blown away by it, but I, I'm always intrigued by your can't look aways because you know I respect your opinion and I feel like you nailed it on the last episode. So maybe I should like watch this again. Maybe now I saw your can't look away and. I, I can look away from that one. So, so. yeah, no, um, I can't look away is very embarrassing. And what? What was that noise? <laughs> oh my gosh! Really? Ugh. Night at the Roxbury. And there's only one reason I can't look away from this is at the time, uh, my friend Mike and I watched this movie a lot. We really liked it. It was like a fun thing that we would quote in real life at like 17, thinking we were funny. Yeah. So it's it's more nostalgia, but um, it's a it's a it's one of the worst movies ever made. It's the worst Saturday Night Live movie ever, arguably. But um, I, I will watch I try it. To think so. there's been some bad Saturday Night Live movies. So there has there's been uh, the Ladies Man. There was this one. There was uh, the one with Molly Shannon. Rockstar. Oh, yeah. There's there's been a lot of bad ones. Um, Wayne's World is one of the good ones. A few good ones. They're usually pretty weak. Um, but this one is is just bad. Um, gotcha. But I cannot look away, and I will watch it to completion. Well, I, I'm looking forward to 99 because it has one of my favorite can't look aways. Ooh. That's all. I, all I'll say. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm intrigued. <laughs> but 98 will always be Halloween H2O. The year yes. terror didn't take a vacation. The terror did not take a vacation that year. Uh, it might next year. But not this year. Yeah. Well, we got Halloween kills on yeah. the forefront. So, mm-hmm. uh, when does that come out? October? Uh, I think mid October. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Did take a vacation there, but it took a year vacation. <laughs> Was H two O the only Halloween to be released in the summer or um, October? I think at the time. Well, Halloween six, I think, was released in September. Mm-hmm. Um, the others, I think, were October, and then I think Zombies Halloween ended up being a summer one too, or Halloween 
his Halloween two end up being. I think they end up kind of doing summer releases. Okay. Don't, I don't know why. I mean, yeah. if you have a Halloween film, I feel like you should own two weeks in October. Yeah, no, totally. 100%. Box office is yours. It needs to be cold outside. Halloween decorations need to be in the air, uh, hung up, and that's that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, we Where I grew up in, in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, there's a street that looks like the street in Halloween, minus like the palm trees and stuff. But uh, it would be Halloween. The, what's that? But then it would be Halloween. Then it would be Halloween. Yeah. Then, but uh, the um, there was a girl that we were friends with that lived there, and we would, you know, same Mike, the same guy would uh, like around this time would be like, oh, we're gonna have a Halloween party, and uh, she'd be like, yeah, like bring over horror movies. We would do like horror movie nights around like September through October, and I would always say, oh, this house looks like something out of the movie Halloween, and for some reason that irked her or bothered her for some reason and she yeah. was like I, I it doesn't look like the house i'm like well it's no one's gonna kill you like and then that made it worse because then we're like creepy at this point we're like we just like your street it just looks like the street just, so she's like are you just use me to go for watch this movie and i'm like i think we are i maybe. think we really are like to watch it here like it gave yeah. the experience it looked like that road it was the leaves and everything it was like kind of an older house um but i was like i think that's subliminally we're using you to watch the movie <laughs> it could be yeah we, we have a couple of neighborhoods that do remind me of haddonfield uh that during that time oh, really? you could just pop on the soundtrack and kind of feel like yeah right <laughs> say feel like you're in west hollywood uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was such a weird thing but yeah uh you have to you have to have a theatrical release yeah. in october yes. way to do it um, that's going to be our show tonight. Robert, unless you had anything else? No. Um, I, I was speaking of Halloween Kills. I was curious about your thoughts on the Exorcist new trilogy uh, that was announced. David yes. Gordon Green will now be on the new Halloween trilogy that he's going to be launching the Exorcist trilogy. Yep. They're taking a cue from um, Halloween. And uh, I enjoy your artwork for it better than I did the trailer. <laughs> but I enjoyed... There's no trailer yet. but Or the the the, the picture. Yeah. I I enjoyed the promotional still. Is that what you would say? Yeah, I, I tried to make a... Uh, for those that haven't seen, I made The Exorcist. It's a nice black and white photo of Ellen Burstyn. Pretty recent. So with The Exorcist, The Exorcist Kills, and The Exorcist Ends. <laughs> which I really feel like they just need to name it that. You have to. And yeah. somebody else posted that as well. You're getting I've seen fans. that popping up. I should have watermarked that because I've seen it popping up elsewhere. I was like, oh, I should have... It is yours. Yeah. So, but I, I'm I'm curious what they're gonna do. Um, I saw uh, Linda Blair always has already said that she has not been contacted about this, and I'm like, well, <laughs> they're trying to make a nice film here, uh, <laughs> right? That no, that's that's always sad when they do that, don't you think? Yeah. Wait, and I could see because that is kind of the question, like, oh, Linda's still around. Um, yeah. I wonder whatever, and and she's kind of now it could all be kind of a coup where like, oh, she's gonna show up, but she can't say that she's gonna show up, or you know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Usually when they do that, they don't show up. It's like the Kelly McGillis thing. Like they didn't ask me to be in Top Gun too. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you look in the mirror, like no hey, offense, hey. but Tom Cruise is not gonna be your lover again. Um but I don't and, and it made me think I like maybe at some point we need to do a backwards because mm-hmm. we need to talk about an exorcist too at some point. <laughs> that will be a can't look away film. Oh yeah. Well um we should I think we will get to that point. Or we should do like some more you know, horror film episodes as Halloween yeah. approaches, which would be great, which yeah, I love. Maybe, maybe we'll do that, but I think we should. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to. It. I love Ellen Burstyn. Um, so same. Hopefully, hopefully, it's more than a three scene uh, role for her. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what direction they're going to go with that. I'd be very curious. 
We'll be there um, opening night. Have, what's that? We'll be there opening night. You will be there opening night. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I'm excited because it is David Gordon Green that there's going to be, uh, take it with a grain of salt, but there'll be a lot of nods to all the other Exorcist movies, even if they're out of the, the canon now. But Oh, good. Yeah, I like the nods, if done respectfully. Have you seen the Chucky 2021 TV series trailer? I have, and I'm... Um, Looks interesting, more, right? There's a couple, yeah, a couple different trailers out, and the last one I saw felt like I oh, and now I saw the whole season. Um, so I'm like, why, why do we, <laughs> yeah. why are we doing this? Um, like, right. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, I think, um, I think they should have kept some of the cameos maybe under wraps because then it'd be like nice, nice little treats to see, more for fans to say, oh, you know, cameo by Christ, you know, we didn't know Christina Lee was going to pop up in this one or, or something like that. Um, right. Most Chucky audiences are like, was that the same person? I don't know. You know, like uh, they're just there to see Chucky. Uh, horror fans, those kind of little cameos, I think w- would work better. But yeah, I'm looking forward to I it. Agree. I think. Um, yeah, I think it looks like obviously Don Mancini is uh, he's wrote, I think, all of the Chucky films so far, for better or for worse. So it's not yeah. too many series have a single person that kind of has a thread all the way through so he's doing this series as well i don't think he had anything to do with the chucky remake child's play remake but no uh, yeah, yeah i think that was a, a rogue thing um also too when you don't show the uh the cameos in there it gives kind of a viral marketing concept where like oh like you got to see it you'll never guess who's in like the third episode where yeah if you leave them in the trailer a lot of people feel like well i've already seen the whole thing because i saw the cameo and i don't what am i you know Subconsciously, isn't the Chucky TV series a continuation from the last movie? Yes, apparently. Like uh, Bride of the, Chucky or whatever. Yeah, the pieces I saw uh, was it the Cult of Chucky was the last one. Cult of Chucky. Um, they Fiona Dorf did say something, but like last we saw of them, they're off, you know, on the road or something like that. So, it, yeah, I think it does kind of take place in the same continuity, which I'm fine if. But you know, I've I've suspended reality quite a bit over the years with between Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween that I can certainly suspend it for a Chucky exactly TV series, especially Halloween. It's like, what happened? I cut your head off. It wasn't him. <laughs> wasn't oh, him. We just gonna gloss that over. I, as you can see, I don't even talk about that. Yeah, He's or like, Friday the Thirteenth Five. Oh, it wasn't Jason. <laughs> Friday the Part Five. Never mind. <laughs> Hey, do you ever notice the? Um, I've never noticed this watching it, but in Friday, in Friday Thirteenth Part Five, a new beginning has its fans too. Yeah, um, I see hockey I mask. Enjoy. Yeah, what's that? I enjoy it. I do too. Yeah, uh, um, it's blue instead of red. Yeah. So that people were saying like, oh, that's how you know it's not Jason. In the in the beginning, it's like, yeah. well, I don't really like that. Could be anything. That could just be like budget or yeah something new. And you don't um, see the mask until the last 10 minutes, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then that's first, like, you know, like, oh, it has blue chevrons instead of red, and they're facing a different direction. Um, right. Or it, right. Says, it says Roy on the side, if you pay attention. But, uh, yeah, it, it, does, it doesn't. No, but it says, <laughs> it says property of Roy. He turned to his address. His coveralls say, my name is Roy. Uh, it's right <laughs> there. Come on. Uh, say my name is Roy. <laughs> Oh, um, that, that but yeah, twist. at least the hockey mask looks somewhat similar throughout the series. I won't yeah. name names to others. Halloween, but which uh, one did you say? Halloween. Oh yeah, <laughs> constant. It, it, it changes three change. times in the same scene. So 
Well, the 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 it's, the mask is very consistent in Friday the Thirteenth. Even in eight, when he climbs on the boat and he grabs the the guy's hockey mask, it has the same chip in there with the machete. Yeah, from part kid. three, you know, whether so, they put that chip in there themselves, that that yeah. that continuity kind of carried all the way through. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, Halloween Halloween Eight Show is probably one of the worst because I think it has at least three or four different masks um, where they went back and reshot scenes so if you look closely the mask will switch you know they try to kind of keep it when it fits far away they use the old shot and then the new shot has the new mask and then opening scene they use the i think the halloween six mask and then of course it's known for the cgi mask where they tried to fix it using cgi oh yeah you know when that's cgi oof. too oof i've not i'm not sensing something so bad since uh what do they call it star wars the special edition like oh <laughs> oh that is painful um like why who's Stamp the seal of approval. Who said this was okay. Just don't even I'm show about it. Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. The man. It's the CGI is very obvious in, in H two O. You're talking about H two O when they when they yeah, digitally yeah, where they, they have do that the mask. shot and there's like you know what just cut the shot out. It's not necessary. <laughs> you know we we know who it is. Right. Yeah. We know, we know who it is. Um, <laughs> how often do you watch H two O? Is this do you watch it like um, annually? No, uh, maybe I do, or if it's on, I think I had it on, I was doing something, and I was like, oh, let me, it's a good crank up the volume, you know, those opening credits with the kind of orchestral holiday, Oh, yeah. Um, is always kind of good, so, um, and I do enjoy, I think the, one of the early scripts, um, which I actually kind of liked was uh, Michael Myers wasn't the killer, but it was somebody pretending to be Michael Myers, speaking of Roy Burns. Right. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> but it Speaking was uh, yeah it was uh, Charlie uh, little man Tate uh, whatever his was his name Charlie I think yeah in the movie so Adam Hinn yeah. yeah so he was the killer from uh, little man uh, Tate yeah so and I think that was pre Jamie Lee Curtis and then once Jamie Lee Curtis got involved then the story changed again but they said hey you're still in it you're just not you're not the killer you know, that was a pre that was like an early draft of the script yeah. And then That's interesting. Became, um, Revenge, Revenge of Laurie Strode script and things began ch- changing. So, and we should yeah. also mention that this was one of I think probably the last time uh, Janet Lee was on screen, and it was great to have uh, Jamie Lee and her uh, both together again. Probably probably the first time since what the fog maybe on the big screen. I don't know. That's the only thing that comes to mind. And yes, having those two on screen was really cool, and it's a really cool shot. And the last, obviously. But a good scene, and not to Psycho. She's in. She's in the uh, the car or the car replica, and the, of course the music goes into the Psycho theme a little bit. So yeah. all these things uh, just all lined up, um, still work for me. H O used to kind of get a yeah. lot of backlash, saying, "Oh, it's too screamish." And granted, half the soundtrack is they just lifted from Scream, and <laughs> yeah, and, but at the time, what else would you do? Yeah. The- well, they had the original soundtrack, and if you've listened to that, um, like big orchestral part, you know, from the opening credits, that's the same. And you hear the other soundtrack, and I'm like, what? It's just, it does not fit. No. At all. Um, and so that's why they kind of, I think, last minute kind of put in more of the screen music. But uh, together, it, it feels like, and it, it's, it's a short movie. What is it, like 80 minutes? It's like. <laughs> yes, it is. It, I don't know how long it is, but it's not a long film at all. Yeah. It's one that knows to get in there and get out. Yeah, I do. I do appreciate the pacing of it. Uh, Yeah, I enjoy it. It's a good flick. 
Um, that's going to be our show. Thanks for uh, to all the listeners for listening. Robert Patterson. Check him out on uh, set-nerd.com. Follow him on Instagram. We'll see you on the set. <laughs>